We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. Thanks to Brian Driscoll of Irish Breakdown for joining us today. Brian, happy Halloween and uh, welcome in. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm looking forward to talking about this. I always have very strong opinions about this topic. So, and tonight well, I'm going to definitely we, have some strong, strong opinions. We're glad you're here. Uh, as everybody knows, the College Football Selection Committee unveiled their top 25 rankings for. Uh, the weekend, the their initial rankings, they're going to do it every Tuesday night up until Selection Sunday after the regular season wraps up. And we have our top 25 uh, that they released about an hour ago. And so we'll go back through the top 25. We'll go 25 down to 11, and we'll kind of break it up and get your guys' thoughts on uh, who's too high, who's too low. I know Mr. Driscoll has some opinions, and uh, that's what we're here <laughs> for. So number 25 – first controversy number 25 was air force and number 25 was too late 24 was Tulane. that's important because the highest group of six champion gets to go to the new year's six bowl uh, air force has been higher rated the last couple of weeks in the associated press they're undefeated they were expected to be in that slot but no it's Tulane at 24 remember Tulane won the cotton bowl last year over usc number 23 it was K- kansas state number 22 oklahoma state number 21 Kansas. So a run of Big 12 there. 20 is USC, 19 UCLA, 18 Utah, three pack 12 in a row, 17 Tennessee, 16 Oregon State. Then we get to a couple of two loss teams, 15 Notre Dame, 14 LSU. I'm sure that'll be a topic of conversation at Irish <laughs> Breakdown, given yes, uh, Brian, Brian Kelly over at LSU nowadays. Uh, 13 to finish it off is Louisville. 12, Missouri, 
and 11 Penn State. Let's talk for 11 through 25. Brian Driscoll, the floor is yours. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I mean, obviously, as a Notre Dame guy, I thought Notre Dame was a few spots too low. Not that ultimately it's going to matter. The odds of a two-loss team that's not going to play in a conference championship getting into the college football playoff would require a level of chaos that I don't even think I could explain right now. <laughs> but I but I did feel they deserved to be higher. Uh, I'm good with Air Force and Tulane. I mean, you're going to need a group of five. And if you're a playoff committee and you're trying to create matchups that people are going to want to care about, it would be smart to have one of those teams actually ranked. And I actually like Air Force this year. I think I have Air Force in my top 20. I do a weekly Irish breakdown top 25 because, you know, when you look at the teams they've played and beat, it's yes, they don't have any power five wins, but they've played some good group of five teams so far and won convincingly. And then I, I believe this past weekend, one without the quarterback, a very convincing win at Colorado State, you know, beat a very good Wyoming team, in my opinion, one of the better group of five teams. And then the teams that they're better than, like San Jose State and San Diego State, who's not good, so Utah State, they've smashed. And so I, I really like this Utah State or this Air Force team. And I believe they won three or four in a row against Power 5 teams, mostly bowl games. So I, I like that ranking. Uh, they Kansas got a, State, Oklahoma. Uh, the, Go I was going to say, the Air Force has a 12-game winning streak dating back to yeah. last year as well. So yeah, just... Troy Calhoun's doing a great job at Air Force. He is one of the most underrated and underappreciated coaches in college football. And then, if you notice, they haven't been able to schedule a lot of Power 5 games recently, and there's a reason why. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't want to play that team. Um, my yeah, my they... thing is – Go ahead, Go ahead, Bill. Well, no, I mean, the last five years, I looked this up. We have a feature sporting news coming out about the Air Force later this week. They have the sixth best record in the the FBS since 2019. And the five teams ahead of them are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, and Notre Dame. So I I think they were kind of disrespected in these rankings. I think they should be ranked as high as number 16. I think they absolutely should be the top group of five team. And they have – the best rushing offense, which, well, duh, they were in triple option. And then they have the third best defense. They're playing the best complimentary football for what they do. 
and uh, you'll have to read about it later this week. They they were a little disrespected, no doubt. Bill, I had them 16th in my IB top 25. So we're on the same page with where Air Force is. I mean, because it's not just that you're winning all your games because Liberty's all won all their games and I don't have them in my top 25 because they're not playing the quality group of fives and they're kind of barely winning every week. Utah, for the most part, is smacking people. And and that's what I like. They're they're a good football team. Uh, you you guys tell me this. I my biggest beef with their you know I think Notre Dame should be a couple slots higher. I think they should definitely be ahead of US LSU. If you look at game control, Notre Dame ranks fifth according to the EF, ESPN metric. They're fifth in game control. Uh, Notre Dame's schedule uh, right now ranks eleventh, whereas L, you know, LSU's is fifth, which is close. Remaining strength of schedule, U.S. Yellow Shoes is higher, but Notre Dame has, to me, has bet more good wins. And their game control, their fifth and LSU's 11th. LSU has a great offense, the best offense of college football, in my opinion, especially once Logan Diggs got in there. But their defense ranks 75th in scoring, where uh, Notre Dame ranks 10th in scoring defense and 12th in scoring offense. And I did it. Here's a fun stat for you, uh, Trochi. I think you'll like this one. There are three teams in college football that right now rank in the top 15 in scoring offense and scoring defense and yards per play on offense and yards allowed on defense. And that is Notre, against FBS-only teams, and that's Notre Dame, Michigan, and Georgia. Now, the reason I included only FBS games, because if you include FCS games, it's only Notre Dame. So uh, so I, I had to I had to, uh, expand it to make it less Notre Dame biased, but uh, – you know, I, I think they should have been higher. My biggest beef, guys, and I gave you a little taste before the show started. It is ridiculous that Tennessee is ranked 17th. They're barely top 25 to me. It's even more ridiculous that they're ahead of Utah. Identical records. Utah has wins over number 19 and number 20. One of them on the road. They have, and the, and then they they have a mutual opponent. They both played Florida. Tennessee got smacked by Florida. Utah smacked Florida. So I'm having a very hard time understanding how that one came to be, guys. And if you look at the strength of schedule, Utah's has been tougher so far. So you can't explain that one to me. I don't quite understand how Utah is not ranked ahead of Tennessee and why Tennessee, like what is the justification for having Tennessee, a six and two team with zero wins over top 25 teams in the 20, I mean, you could make a better case they shouldn't be in at all before you should, and they're in the top 20. Thoughts on that, guys? Or my, yeah, that's I, some Utah it, recency bias, right? Because, you know, Utah did not look good this weekend. They've got quarterback issues. They've had to rely on defense. That's not the sexy way to win. So I think the eye test does not go in Utah's favor. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, Tennessee had two games, two tests, two long road losing streaks. They had an opportunity to break at Florida and at Alabama, and they didn't do either one of them. And, you know, they're they're hanging their hat on a win against Kentucky. Kentucky's, you know, iffy. Not ranked. Right. They're not in there. So, when I yeah. look, they're not in there. So, yeah, well, I, can see, I can see the case for Utah over Tennessee. The committee likes the SEC, as usual. They have six SEC teams in there. Like, they have six Pac-12 teams. That's the most of any conference. And – that's one of those head-to-heads. You're right. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Utah beat Florida, and Florida hammered Tennessee. So if you really value that, that's one of the – there's about three or four instances of head-to-heads where they didn't do it right. Well, they did or they didn't, and we'll get to the other one later. But yeah. in this one, 
this one's pretty straightforward. If you want to say we value the head to heads, like right below it, you know, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, that's fine, right? right. I, didn't Oklahoma State beat Kansas State, correct? Mm-hmm, correct, um, yeah. So they did it right there. If they're 22 23, if they flip Tennessee, Utah 17 18, I'm fine there. But I, I, I think Bill's right that we just watched Utah get destroyed at home. Sure. And, and that's the latest thing in our heads. But the committee always tells us we don't look at the most recent game. We don't look at head-to-head. We look at the overall resume, and then we start over every week. How can you start over every week if you're if you're putting as much emphasis on that? And, you know, that's my biggest thing, Bill, is there's an inconsistency to how they apply the standards to different teams. And we'll get into more of that when we get into the top 10. So that that's just kind of my issue. I And I – obviously, they rank the SEC they, – they value the SEC. LSU is the highest-ranked two-loss team. Don't think they should be. Tennessee's ranked higher than Utah. Don't think they should be. My thing is, is you're you're now bringing in your your subjective opinion about the SEC, and it's as if they're like a completely ignoring the fact that the SEC was the worst Power Five conference in non-conference games this year, and it's like that's just being completely ignored, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be because that's how you should be able to gauge. Okay, how do we view how these teams are doing in conference, right? Because I've heard people say, well, the ACC sucks this year. Well, based on what? Look, they're always lose. They're always losing these bad teams. I'm like, yeah, but the ACC did great non-conference. Maybe the ACC is just better than you think it is, and they're just beating each other up, which is what I think is going to happen in the Pac-12 for the next month. Right, right. And we've been worried about that all season, waiting for the Pac-12 to kind of beat each other up. So let's go through the top 10. Uh, before we do that, though, I got my Trochi trivia that we will uh, revisit nice. at the end of the show. Brian, are you ready for this? You and Bill can yes. go head-to-head. We have had nine college football playoffs okay tonight's the initial ranking this refers to the initial rankings the nine initial rankings how many times has a team come from outside the initial top four to win the national championship out of nine years how how many times has the team come outside the initial top four to win the national championship we will answer that at the end of the show uh, so here's the top 10. The first top 10, uh, number 10, Ole Miss, speaking of the SEC, number nine, Oklahoma, number eight, Alabama, number seven, Texas, number six, Oregon. That's the last number one, uh, one loss team. And now we get into the five undefeateds. We got five, Washington, four, Florida State, three, Michigan, two, Georgia, and one, Ohio State. So Ohio State earns the top spot. They have the best resume. Not a huge surprise if they were going to emphasize resume versus eye test. Ohio State doesn't necessarily look like the best team all the time, but they have two huge wins. They looked good uh, against Notre Dame. They looked good against Penn State. Uh, they have not looked good like consistently like Michigan. Michigan has a weak uh, you know, resume to date. Uh, Georgia, similar, doesn't have much of a resume so far. So let's start. With the top four, okay, Ohio State, Bill, uh, you had Georgia number one over the weekend, but as you studied it over the first next couple of days, I think you started to come around Ohio State, and when the, you saw the Buckeyes, you weren't surprised. No, I mean their their record of all their opponents is fifty eight and thirty nine. That's the best of the top six. The record of the teams they've played thirty seven and twenty eight. That's the best of the top six. But I would caution everybody here that within the next two weeks, Georgia is going to leapfrog them. If they beat Missouri, which 
by the way, Kirby Smart's sitting in a locker room somewhere, either whether he's talking to his team or he's talking to himself. He's going to say, oh, by the way, you're number two. They're going to hear that for the next 96 hours, and I think they're going to beat Missouri by about 100 points now. Um, so within two weeks, I think Georgia will be number one. And, and we can say, well, yeah, the record of the teams they've played is bad, but the record of the teams they have left is the best of the four. I don't have any major problems with this top four at all um, because I think one, two, and three are interchangeable. And I think there's a gap before you get to Florida state and uh, and we can talk about Michigan all we want, but here's my thing with them. They say they're the third, their record of the teams they've played 31 and 32. It's not as bad as Florida state, Washington, or Oregon. So you can't go there. And there has to, it, dude, they're beating teams by five touchdowns a game. So they they're they're number three or number two. I would have done I would have done Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. I did that earlier in the week, but I also said I if you do it this way, that's fine. They're valuing Ohio State's resume. That's great. Shouldn't that matter? I mean, shouldn't who you beat matter? I mean, when you're talking about Michigan, their resume is what? We're beating up a bunch of teams where your two best opponents are UNOV and Rutgers. Well, I mean, Rutgers has won six right. games. Like Nebraska and Minnesota no. have won five games. They haven't. It's not their fault. Right. Their schedule set up like this, though. And yeah, but that's not, part of. Well, it is their fault because they have control over who they play non-conference. Ohio State chose to play Notre Dame. Michigan right. chose to back out of a UCLA game. Michigan that chose to play Notre Dame for like thirty years. I mean, so uh, that's the other one there. Uh, <laughs> you know, like they and this then they, time. They How many times has Michigan backed out of that? Notre Dame no, broke mean, it off once. Right. I mean, once. they they've chose to play. I mean, it's mm-hmm. even without that like huge non-conference game. I mean, they're beating teams by 35 points per game. The other thing to of note that I noticed is Boo Corrigan passed the buck on it, right? The sign stealing allegations. Sure. What did he say? It's not a you know, that's an NCAA problem. That's not, they didn't discuss it in the room. Um, so yeah, I mean, but Michigan, I think they, I think that's fair. Don't you? I mean, yeah, right it, now there's nothing formal. There's been no formal charge. It's just an investigation. Yeah, it is right? what it is. And I think Michigan at three is fair based on what you guys have said, but again, they're going to find out over the next four weeks that it's not going to change for them this week against Purdue. And I'm not as high on Florida state. Wash. I do think that it's them three gap. Florida State, Washington, Oregon. I think there's a gap between the threes. So are one, we are one, we just one, can I ask one, a question, Bill? What's mm-hmm. the criteria by which we should be viewing these rankings? I look at a What's couple things. I mean, to me, it's who you've played. It's mm-hmm. I, I believe in game control a little bit. Like if you're going out, I mean, we could be honest about Ohio State a little bit. They're muddy at times. Yeah, they got the they're two ranked, big they're ranked two in game control. Right, but I mean, they. Do you think it was pretty against Wisconsin? Was it pretty against Maryland? I mean, like Michigan is demolishing teams, demolishing Rutgers. Demol- I mean, the Michigan State game was over. And they were like, winning fourteen right. to seven at halftime against Rutgers. Is Still Michigan demolished. number one in game control? I don't even seen this metric. Yeah, yeah well, they whatever. also have the number one hundred and eleven strength of schedule. So when you're really good, it's going to be easier to control that schedule. I would think so. Ohio yeah, they haven't 15. been tested at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So that's fair. And then Ohio State, but I mean, like, was it pretty against Penn State? 
They grinded. Penn that State is that. is better than anyone that Michigan has played so far, though. That's the right. whole point. I mean, I, you know what I think. You know what I think. Ohio State's being punished by is because they're not winning the way they used to. Mm-hmm. Because they're not. They used to be that sexy, high-scoring, beating team, sixty to ten. But then, whenever they played somebody good, they'd get beat because sure. the last couple of years, because they weren't physical. This is more of a, a a vintage Ohio State team, although they still don't run the way old Ohio State teams. But as far as like winning with great defense and, uh, you know, to me, so they're not as sexy as they've been in the past. I think that that's the thing that hurts Ohio State a, a, to me. And um, so you, you said you said you're OK with Ohio State being number one, though, right? Yeah, I am. Is I'm OK with yeah. any one of those first three teams being number one where I'm getting our uh... – SN basketball writer Mike DeCourcy's picking at, at me currently. I haven't picked up my phone yet on Twitter. He likes Washington at four. And I'm like, why? Like, I've watched Washington the last two weeks and I don't like what I see. But the resume, it's supposed to be your entire resume, right? Not the, the how are you the most two recent weeks? Because now you're saying we're going to put more emphasis on that than we did a really good win over Oregon, right? Yeah, and. It- if you like compare like Michigan and Washington have a uh, similar, have a common opponent right now, Michigan beat Michigan state 49 to nothing. Washington beat them 41 to seven. But if you actually look at the game, 30 seconds left in the game, Washington takes a knee at the 10 Michigan punches it in at the 10 in less than that. Uh, Michigan outscore outgained uh, Michigan state by about 280 yards. Washington outgained them by over 400 yards. Right. They both played at Michigan State. So, I mean, if we're going to look at resume, I mean, well, they didn't win this one as sexy. They didn't beat the bad teams as good as Michigan beat the bad teams. I think the fact that they've beaten good teams should matter more than they're not as sexy in two games against bad teams, which I would say is a little bit of a letdown after having a huge win, something Michigan hasn't had to had to face yet this year. That's true. But like if you add the combined record of their opponents, Michigan is better than Washington. Their opponent's record is better than Washington. Yeah, well, one quick note on Rutgers. Mm-hmm. They have six wins. One of them's in FCS. The five FBS wins are against teams that have a combined record of 14 and 26, and none of them have a winning record. So those six wins by Rutgers are a little bit of a paper tiger. Yeah. Right. But look look at the last month for Washington. Arizona. I like Arizona, by the way. I've mm-hmm. told Bill this all week. They sure. went by a touchdown. Oregon. I was not shocked they beat Oregon State this past weekend. Oregon, I them to do no, they're they're tight. Uh, Arizona State, fifteen to seven, needed a pick six in the fourth quarter. Played terrible that night. Nobody, nobody can run from that fact that Washington played awful that night. Stanford, Stanford played awful. They Stanford ran a reverse pass that was underthrown, or we might be talking about Washington and where they stack up with Ole Miss and uh, Penn State instead of where they stack up with these unbeaten teams. So they got to – but they, again, another team, Brian, Bill, they, they play USC, they play Oregon State. We'll find out. I think they're going to lose sure. this weekend. We'll, we'll get into that tomorrow. It, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, it depends on which USC team shows up, right? It wouldn't shock me. I, that's the thing that's going to be interesting about this final month, guys, is, the, is just the gauntlet these Pac-12 teams have to go through. Like, they completely backloaded this schedule for, like, all these teams. And if Washington doesn't run the table – or does run the table, they got to beat Oregon in a rematch, which is going to be tough. Oregon, I think Oregon, was, right now. Oregon to me was the, was, I thought the better head, the team, the better coached team won that day. 
not the better team on team. the field of players, right? We talked about that in our show. It's like if if they were playing this weekend, I'd pick Oregon to win. Just right. you know, if if just based on talent and those type of things, because you know Dan Lanning's got to get his head out of his you know what sometimes when it comes to <laughs> some of the decisions he made. But uh, but they did win, right? And what matters is is at the end of the day, did you get that W? And that's to me what it boils down to. Like you can say like you can talk about record and things like that, but at the end of the day, one team's best rec- win is over Rutgers and UNLV. The other team has beaten a top six team. However you think of how it happened, they won that game. That should matter. Same with Florida State. They dominated a top 15 team. You know, so, yeah, they had some – They, they don't, so, like, basically we're punishing teams because – who have to play good teams that sometimes they don't show up against the bad teams the week after they beat somebody that was really good. It's a lot easier to get up for games when you just know no one you play can beat you. Right? It's like Florida State 2013, kind of similar type of deal. Bill Bender, Florida, oh, sorry, Oklahoma versus Texas. Thoughts on that? Texas, both teams, one loss. Texas lost to Oklahoma. Texas is ahead of Oklahoma in the rankings. That's fine. I mean, because Sark went right at it and said it in his press conference today. He said, I think we have the best win. Got a point, man. Not, not too many mm-hmm. people go down to Bryant-Denny and win. And he was taught, he kind of took some veil, not so veiled shots at the SEC on the way with it. And Texas is going to use that a lot because they're going to need that because they lost a game. And if they're the one loss big 12 champion and they're stacking up against a one loss pack 12 champion, for example, he's going to cash that Alabama card often. And I, he should. And I think they've got a, another thing, man, the big 12 had a lot of teams ranked. They had their little block there with uh K state, Oklahoma state, Kansas, um, if Texas can sweep all those teams, I don't know that they play Oklahoma State. They may play them in the Big 12 championship. But uh, Texas? Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State's a very viable team to go to the Big 12 championship, which is wild because they got blown they, out they by don't, South Alabama. They don't play them, by the way. They don't. They, don't they could State. at the end. And, right. Um, yeah, so I think Texas over Oklahoma is fine. And if it's recency bias, yeah, Oklahoma. It's the same thing I just said about Washington. They, don't, they haven't looked tell me that's one of the top seven teams in the country, what you've watched the last two weeks. But I think the overall resume is not as good too, Bill. Like, yes, they've got that one win over Texas in the head to head, but I I try to look at it like not so much the head to head, but what did that head to head give you from a quality win standpoint? Well, that's a really good win. Texas is a really good win. Texas also beat Bama. I would argue that, that Bama's win over Texas was more impressive because I thought Texas was clearly the better team that day where I just think Oklahoma and, and, and Texas were, were kind of just back and forth, right? But then it's it's also what's your next best win? And your next best win for Texas is you beat Kansas 40-14. to 14. That team just beat Oklahoma, right? And so when you look at Oklahoma, what's Oklahoma's next best win after Texas? It's SMU. That That's your next best win. And that was an ugly win to boot. Right, exactly, exactly. Their other wins are Tulsa stinks, Cincinnati's not good. UCF's not good. They lost to Kansas. They've played two good, t- three good teams all year. They're two and one in those games. And, and one of those good teams is a, I'd probably say SMU's in my top five of group of five this year. Like they're, they're not, they're bad. not bad. They're yeah, good. They've got a good they're defense good. actually this year. They, 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 they play a little defense this year, but, but that's the thing is like, the overall resume for Oklahoma is just not as good. So I agree with you, Bill, uh, certainly on that one. This weekend could help them a little bit though. Right. You know, oh, yeah. both teams have both teams have tough, tough, tough tests this weekend. We could 
Both of them could lose. That's the other thing. I mean, Texas plays at home against Kansas State without Quinn Ewers, right? They could both catch L's this weekend. Those are those are going to be some really good games. There's five teams tied for first place in the Big 12 right now, and four of them are playing each other this weekend in the two games that you just mentioned, so that'll be interesting. Uh, did you guys pick up that uh, in the top 12 of the rankings, 11 of the 12 next year will be in the Big 10 or the SEC. I picked up on that because some dude I follow. 11 of 12. That guy right there on Twitter <laughs> tweeted it out. That's how I know it as a fact because you tweeted it out. Yeah. How crazy is that? I mean, talk yeah. about the big two. Now, a lot of those, you know, Oregon, Washington, they're all losing their quarterbacks and everything. And, you know, I think that will uh, affect things a little bit. But that's that's a kind of a scary thing for people who are, you know, enjoy a little more regional national parity uh, to, to not have all the power in the big 10 and the sec. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, very, I would argue. Go ahead, Bill. Sorry about that's that. That's very good for the big 10 for some of us. Not so shy. Big 10 homers over here. Um, it's, it's yeah. I mean, well, here was my other thing. I was going to tell you, Brian, not to interrupt, but I got in this like late night text fight Saturday night with some of my buddies. <laughs> They're Notre Dame fans, by the way. Uh-huh. And they were, one of them was just he he's a big 10 basher and he's not apologetic about it and he was going at Fair. me and i just said notre dame and he was like defending the big 12 all of a sudden he's like oh yeah texas and oklahoma and i'm like very clear to me that notre dame would walk through the big 12 this year i think they wouldn't lose a game in the big 12 so i'm defending notre dame but he was like going at just the overall strength of the big 10 and i'm like I never said the entire conference was strong. I just said those top three teams are all good enough to beat anybody in the Big 12 wherever you want to play it. Jerry World, uh, Kansas City Stadium, play them there. And I think all of them would win. I think Penn State and Texas would be a toss-up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. There are years, Bill, I would have argued with you about the Big 12 versus the Big 10 because I'm someone who puts value in depth of a conference, not just that you have the two best. The problem is the Big 12 is down this year. It's not as good as it's been in the past where 
you know, Oklahoma State's good, but they're not that like that team from 2021. Kansas State, you know, they're good, but look, they played a non-conference game against Power Five and lost to, to Missouri, right? So I don't think the Big 12s is strong. TCU's down this year. K-State's not as good as they were last year. Oklahoma State's not as good as they were two years ago. So you can't really use that argument against the Big Ten with the Big 12. I think you can if the Pac-12, we can have that conversation with the Pac-12. But I don't think this year you can you can make that argument with the Big 12. I think it's Iowa not the year. Because I think to your point, yeah. the top two teams in the Big 10, to me, are better than the top two teams in the Big 12. And then the rest of it's just kind of like neither of them are any good. Iowa that. State is tied for the Big 12 lead, and they couldn't get out of Athens, Ohio with a win. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> this, this is not the year to make. And, I mean, look, right. Oklahoma State's really good. They lost 30-7 to to South Alabama. This is not the year Texas Tech got beat by Wyoming. This is not the year to make that argument for the Big 12. In past years, I've actually made that argument before. This is just not the year for that because the league isn't as good. Well, and the committee has has, has – cast their vote for at least the Pac-12 over the Big 12 because if you look at the top rankings, they've got Washington and Oregon ahead of Texas and Oklahoma. And then you look at towards the bottom of the top 25, you've got UCLA, Oregon State, Utah, and USC, all ahead, just ahead of Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. So it's Pac-12 over Big 12 at the top and Pac-12 over Big 12 kind of in the middle. So that's how the committee feels, at least at this point. Um, so thoughts on Penn state, Brian, I think, uh, you had, to, you had some thoughts on that. You wanted to share, uh, before the I show, have, you talked to us I a little bit. About yeah. I, I think big, I think Penn state is getting the benefit of, oh, they're a six and one, seven and one big 10 team. And they're also getting the benefit of the doubt based on what people thought they would be preseason. And, and I'm one, I had Penn state as a dark horse, big 10 title team. Honestly, I thought maybe if some things go their way, got a lot of athletes on defense, got arguably the best running back room in college football. You've got a talented mm-hmm. young quarterback that you know, they can ask the game manager, getting Dante Cephas, a wide receiver. you got good tight ends. You bring almost everybody back on the O-line. I expected Penn State to take a jump. They've regressed a little bit, in my opinion, this season. And and yeah, they're 7-1, and one, but they've really only played one good team, and they got thoroughly outplayed in that game. I mean, it was 20-12, to 12, but anyone that watched that game, I don't see how you ever thought Penn State had a chance to win that football game, right, really at any point in time. And so when Every you look time at it was the, third down, they said, punt team, get ready. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a thorough – you know, thoroughly got outplayed. So you're, you're building your resume off of a win over Iowa. Well, that's a, that was a quality win, but, you know, Illinois wins not that great. They didn't look great against West Virginia. You had to – put a garbage touchdown on the end just to make, just to clear, you know, just to cover the spread. And then they're coming off a game against Indiana where it's tied in the fourth quarter, you know? So uh, Penn state to me is, is, is ranked where they are off reputation. There are two lost teams that I would rank ahead of Penn state. I would rank both, both Notre Dame and LSU ahead of Penn state. They're, they're not a great football team. They've just beat a schedule that is just simply not good. I mean, losing to Northwestern at halftime. And, and by the way, that guy's doing a phenomenal job with mm-hmm. that team when you consider even with Pat Fitzgerald there, I would have said they'd have a hard time getting four wins with that roster. Like, yeah, Steve, he's doing a Steve, nice job. Steve Greenberg with the Chicago Sun-Times had a take on that today, and he's a SN alum, and I, he's right. I mean, he's making a case to take that job full-time, so good for Coach Braun. Um, my thoughts on Penn State are the same as always, that they're good. They're a really good team. They've got a good roster, a lot of good players. Their defense is legit but it's the Ohio State Michigan thing 
and I say it to Bill every budget meeting, wake me up when they beat one of those two. And they'll have their chance next week. That'll be an all-in game for that program because if Michigan goes into Penn State and either, either – it doesn't matter how. If they escape by nine or they escape by 15, then it'll be the same old narratives about James Franklin. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see LSU and Penn State being a toss-up, but I, I still don't like LSU's defense, Brian. And they got – Oh, I get that. Yeah, I, and I don't that. like Penn, and I think that would be a toss-up game. I think Penn State and Notre Dame would be an awesome Orange Bowl at this point. I mean, Here, here's my change. let me ask you this question, ahead. Bill: How many points do you think LSU scores against Penn State's defense? Which is good. We're very good in in, in some ways, but how much how much do you think they score against them? I think we'll find out this weekend because I think Alabama's defense and Penn State's defense are are similar, and uh, LSU is yeah. going down there this that. weekend. My thing is, you, you look at LSU, you're going to have to score 30 to beat them, right? Unless you've, and if you're Penn State, in my opinion. And I just don't know right now. Cause like the biggest disappointment for me for Penn State is I really thought their offensive line was going to take a jump this year. And you look at the way they finished last year and the way that they manhandled Utah in the Rose Bowl, I really thought their run game was going to take a jump. And they haven't. That's been probably the most disappointing thing for me is just to see. To see that, but there's like you said, there's. I mean, I think the Maryland game this weekend is big for them. I think that that they've got to get back, they've got to get some momentum back against a quality Maryland team before they head to to Ann Arbor. I think that's that's going to be big for them, in my opinion. Let's take a quick look at what a twelve team playoff would look like based on these rankings. I've done the, I did this last year as well. It was kind of a fun exercise. Uh, the first round matchups, again, based on this initial poll, would be number 12, Tulane. At number five, Michigan, Tulane would get the last spot because they're the, the sixth highest ranked conference mm-hmm. champ. Uh, 11, Penn State at six, Oregon. Uh, we would have number 10, Ole Miss at number seven, Texas in the uh, Arch Manning Bowl or the uh, or the Nick Saban former offensive coordinators bowl uh, with Giffen and uh, Sark. And then uh, number nine, Oklahoma would be at number eight, Alabama. So I get excited whenever I kind of do that 12 team. I can't wait for it to, to come. Brian, I don't know your staff. Uh, Bill likes the, Bill likes the BCS where there was only two teams. So uh, uh, 12 is a little, little far for him. I don't know where you stand on that. You know, I was, uh, I was against 12 initially but i'm i'm more in favor of it now than i am of the current system i mean bill you and i did a show where i told you what my what my system should be uh, look mm-hmm. you you go back to the old bowl tie-ins play the bowl games then pick your best four and and that's that's how i would do it right uh but uh i, I like 12 better than the current four because i just i feel especially with the transfer portal there's going to be so much more there's going to be more parity where in the past I've said, guys, there's rarely four teams that are able to win a championship, much less an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, right? I mean, there's been years where it's like there's two teams. It's going to be either LSU or Alabama. Like, hey, Notre Dame, give them a good game, you know, but it's going to be Alabama versus Clemson in the title game, right? In 2019, you know, maybe Ohio State has a chance to beat Clemson. That was a third team. But, you know, Oklahoma had no chance to beat LSU that year. I mean, no – I wasn't shocked that, I mean, maybe an extra touchdown or two than what I thought they would score, but that was never going to be a close game. I think when you look at the portal and in the NIL, it's changed the landscape of college football in a way where I'm now more supportive of it because you are seeing to me, I mean, I, I look at the, when you, if, if LSU can run the table, 
what what does that mean? It means their defense got better, right? Because you're not going to beat Bama and Georgia and get in the playoff if your defense doesn't get better, right? Well, in the in, in past, Notre Dame, for example, is another one. I think Notre Dame is a really good team that had a bad night at Louisville. That that's what I think of Notre Dame, and you. In the past, they're out now. They're out. In a 12-team playoff, as long as they handle business against Clemson and and you know Wake Forest and Stanford, you say, okay, now they're healthy, they're whatever. Now let's see what they can do. In past years, a team like that would have got smashed. 2019, Notre Dame makes the college football playoff as an 11 seed. They're getting smashed in, 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 at the latest, the second round. It's just even 2021, Notre Dame, the finished fifth. There's a huge gap between Notre Dame and the top three and four in that year in 2021. They just weren't a very good team. They played one good team all year, Cincinnati, and got smacked, right? Um, I just think the game has changed a little bit, that there's a little bit more parity because of Florida State can just go to the portal and get Jared Traver, you know, um, get uh, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and and um, Jared Verse and players like that, Fentrell Cypress, a corner, and just immediately get better as a program. Where in the past, it's going to take you – you know, sometimes five, six years, depending on how bad of a situation you walked into. So I've come around on it, even though um, I, I'm I'm ant- I'm very anti BCS. I mean, I'm 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 we've seen we've seen teams lose by forty in, the, in their conference title game and still play in the BCS title game. I hard <laughs> pass on that one. Well, and, I, yeah, I go ahead, finish first because yeah. I've got three. I'm, I'm done. Go, bud. Okay. If you so, guys know, if you don't cut me off, Bill, I'm just going to keep uh, talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so not, BCS, jump in, baby. The BCS never got it wrong with those top two. I mean, we can get – they they never – they maybe one time got it wrong. Most most years, it was right. Um, three things for you guys. Uh, the one thing about the 12-team playoff that excites me, I and mean, you guys got to start listening to the comments. I'm reading the comments. Corey Dean, it's snowing in Perrysburg, Ohio. Shout out Perrysburg. They've got a really good youth lacrosse program up there. Also, did you look at what Toledo looked like tonight up in that part of the corner of the state in that matching game? There's snow all over the place. So I am somewhat excited. Yeah, I'm somewhat excited about the prospect of, oh, I don't know, Florida or Tennessee. Maybe not Tennessee. Whatever the hottest weather team in the SEC is. Georgia coming up to Wisconsin for a five twelve, or if somehow they get mm-hmm. jobbed on their seed and they have to go up to Wisconsin and play. That would be fantastic. Two, your listeners a little further down, eight teams would have been fine. Eight teams or six teams would have been better. We skipped a step to 12. To me, six is even a better number, but eight, like in a year like this year, because it, I, I argue with Bill all the time about the regular season part. So if we're pushing it, if we were arguing about who's number eight right now, and then you look at the next four teams that are like the next four out, it's like Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri. Now these Big Ten get that Big Ten game at Michigan, Penn State. That's for a seven seed. It's not for an eleven seed where you go to Tulane. Well, Michigan Tulane matchup. The only thing that interests me there is whether or not Connor Stallions is going to be in disguise on the sideline somewhere. I don't know. Um, but yeah, eight, eight's a better number. Six is a better number than 12. 12 is too many because on any given year, there are not 12 teams that are capable of winning a national championship. But I think this year is an example of like, look at Notre Dame. They played Ohio state to the buzzer. They've had a good season. They lost a game to Louisville where they didn't play well. 
People think oh, 12 teams, everyone's going to get in. Notre Dame wouldn't get in. They're not in. They're 15 right now. So, but I mean, they could get in. He's twice the season right now. They're not in. And I don't, you know, they don't necessarily have an easy path, even if they win their next three or four, to get into the top 11. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. And oh, if they'll they're definitely get into the top 11, but top eight would be much tougher. Right. To your point. Yeah. Top, top I still be. think even, even the top 12 and, and with the group of five is top 11. Even to be a top 11 team, it's not as easy as everybody thinks it's going to be. Everybody thinks every college basketball team makes a Sweet 16, all the good ones. You look at the actual numbers, they don't. I mean, mm-hmm. if someone makes a Sweet 16 three years in a row, it's kind of a shock. If, if it's, it's shocking how few teams can do it. So my point is, I think 11 is a lot more difficult than people understand to get in. Yeah. They're not. Notre Dame is not going to be in every year. People are talking about, oh, Notre Dame, they're, they're not going to get a – a first round they never get a, a home game because they're not going to get a first round buy or whatever and, and i mean they will get a home but they won't get the first round buy and i'm like how often do you think notre dame is going to finish in the top four it's doesn't happen very often like that yeah, they've done it twice right twice and in, in the 10 years we've had a playoff that's it twice right you right know, there would have been more years they would have made it as a non-top four than as a top four and i think the other thing too is a notre dame fan this is something uh vince daddario convinced me of of why because i was against like how can notre dame not get a buy if they're one of the top four they should get in but he's like look now you've eliminated the whole well you don't play a conference championship game that's no longer a thing now because like okay fine we can't get that buy because we don't have to face another really good sec team or big 10 team after playing right so i'm okay with that i i I came around to that and i will say this maybe you know we've seen teams like usc 2016 i'll i'll stand by this that team would have been an eight or nine seed by the end of the year. That USC team could have beat just about anybody in 2016. They started off one and three. They made a quarterback change. They had some guys out by the end of the year. That was a really good team that in an 18, you know, 16 playoff doesn't get in. So there have been some years, but most years they're not going to be eight or nine teams. But, you know, I, I just think it gives some, some, the years that there are, it's going to make for a lot of fun. I would say go through the next the last 25 years of college football. And if you two can look me straight in the face and say there's 12 teams that could have won it that year. Well, I've already said that that's not true. But what I'm saying is 25 years ago, there was not the transfer portal in NIL the way that there is now. That's my point. Uh, Okay. I would would even shorten it to the last five. Well, the last three, I don't think there were 12 teams. that. So so should I find the year where it was the deepest and say, we'll go with that number. Is that what we do? Well, that's why I'm saying it. That yes, because then it would be six to right, eight. Nine. And I'm good with that. I'd say there's been years where there's nine. But would would you rather have eleven college football playoff games, or would you rather have seven college football playoff games and four meaningless bowl games? Like it's well, more I, good football. It's more win or go home football. Yeah. Well, the eight, the eight though, makes more sense too because then you put that first round on campus, and then to do the next three as bowl games. The, the thing is, though, with that, I is you're going to have years where yeah. there's debates where eight versus nine is going to be a debate. Right. You know, that's eight the versus other. Yeah. Debate, right. So that's where I think is like if you're arguing that number 13 should have been in, like, come on, come on, yeah, guys. Exactly. Maybe they should have been. But I do think because there would be some eight nines, like Bill, I think there's a chance their name could finish ninth or 10th this year depending on how things play. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that that's a team that could beat a lot of teams in the playoffs. Maybe they can't win at all. I don't know if they could win four in a row, but they could do damage, right? And I think that's where I kind of like it, is even if there's teams that can't win at all, 
is there a team that could get in as a nine or a 10 seed and, and sort of like the NCAA tournament where, you know, maybe a team starts off bad early in the year, they're not good in the non-conference, but then they got some freshmen, they get going and all of a sudden by, by, you know, like Michigan, I go back to, you know, 91, 92, right? I mean, that team by the end of the year was really good. But if we were going back to the old school way where there was only 16 teams got in, period, that Michigan team never gets a chance to show how good that they were with the Fab Five, right? Like, So sometimes you're going to have those years where maybe this team can't win it, but they were good enough to knock Bama off in the quarters or something like that. And that, right. those last teams in that you're talking about, the 10, 11, 12 seeds, they don't have to play a top four to start. Right. So they have right. a chance to win a game right. and that winning one game is big for any kind of program and, and, you know, right. generating excitement and momentum and everything like that. So I would mirror it. Like I told both of you guys, the best week football weekend in all of sports is the divisional round of the NFL playoffs because it's four games. Those games are awesome. You, then you get on it's you would still theoretically be on campus for the AFC championship and NFC championship. But my favorite football weekend of the year, and I cover college football for a living. The favorite one is when those four divisional games are going off because you're one step closer to the Super Bowl. You've got through that first round of the playoffs where there are some I've watched some garbage wild card games. I've watched, you know, Taylor Heineke and at start for Washington against there have been some Connor Cook started a playoff game for the Raiders against the Texans. It was terrible. But when you get to that second round, that's when it's business. That's when it's Bills and Bengals. And, you know, uh, this year, like this week, this year, it'll be like Dolphins and Bengals and Chiefs and Jaguars. It's going to be incredible. And if college football mirrored that, I'd be in. But I, I think the 12 teams is a little much. And and Bill's, Bill's right about a lot of it. It's great for opportunity. And it's the basketball analogy is great, Bill, because you're right. You don't guarantee the Sweet 16. But I can guarantee you that Duke, Kansas, and, and well, basketball's changed. But on most Kansas, Duke, yep, Michigan State, yep, they're in. There's not a lot of consequence for a basketball regular season. I still want to see some consequence for losing in the college football regular season. The 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 prop well one of the consequences is you're an SEC team who didn't handle business early. Now you got to go up and play in 20 degree weather in South Bend, Indiana in December. That's that's the consequence to your regular season. I mean, I mean, because I Bill, I made the same argument you did. Is it cheapens the regular season? But somebody made a made a point to me is like you know there's now games that people just would not normally care about because your team's ninth. That now all of a sudden a lot of people care about. And they're paying more attention, so it actually it 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 t- there's less meaning for this is going to determine a championship. There's there's less on the line in regard to like 06 Michigan was the game, a uh, Michigan Ohio State was a game I would always point to, like that that game meant something. And they're like, yeah, it still kind of means something because you're trying to get the one seed because you don't have to play Bama in the second round or the, you know in the, in the semis or whatever you know. And and the thing that the reason I I don't share this the NFL example is because. In the NFL, those wild card games are getting teams that are barely 500 because you only have 32 teams, right? It, it's a little bit of a different. Just the Power Five alone is 65 teams, so the teams that are making it at 10 to 12 are much better teams in college football than teams that are making the wild card. Wasn't there a team one eight and nine last year and made the wild card? That'd be like a team going seven and five and making the playoff now. No, which I is think why that- I don't think there should be automatic berths. By the way, that's why I think because there's. There's going to be that year UConn gets in at eight and four. Remember that when UConn played in the Orange Bowl at eight and four because they had an automatic bid? 
That, that's why I'm not a fan of automatic bids, to be honest with you. Yeah, I figure I feel like Brady's Bucks won the division at eight and nine and got a home game, home playoff game at eight and nine right. against right. like the eleven and five Cowboys or something like right. that. Like it didn't make any sense. There's no equivalent to that in college football in a twelve team playoff because you're. It, 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 you know, if you get how many teams make it in the in in, in the NFL now? It's twelve. Sure, there right? are. Pitt played in an ACC championship game with like five losses. Right, it's but the they wouldn't have concept. been in the playoff. They wouldn't have been in the college football playoff, though. True, but that's still getting to that weekend. Essentially, yeah, it's the same fine, thing. That's, not, that's happening now. Whether you play in a, in a two-team playoff, a four-team playoff, or an eight-team right. playoff, Pitt's still playing in the ACC championship um, game. Big, there has well, to be a Big Ten West but, champion. Right, but that team's not playing in the playoff. That, that's that's the only now. That's also why I don't think you should have automatic bids because I don't want to see some eight and four pit team that upset whoever get in the playoff. That's the other thing. That's why I don't. I'm not a big fan of automatic bids. Just get the get the twelve best teams. But twelve teams getting twelve teams getting the NFL playoffs. Or how many is it? Eight, fourteen. Each side, 14? fourteen. That's over a third of the league. 12 teams in college football is less than 10%. So to me, it's a little bit different than, you know, because you're not going to have a, a seven and five, eight and four, six and six team getting in the college football playoff. You're, you're just not. In my Josh, Josh made a good point in the comment section too, that I, would, I meant to make earlier that more playoff games means less players skipping bowl games. That's true. That's which true. we're seeing, you know, more and more of year yeah. after year. So, all right. Well, very good. Well, was not making that stupid comment he made about Caleb Williams sitting out if there's a 12-team playoff because USC still has very a very good shot if they run the table to still be playing for a championship. So you don't hear dumb stuff like that anymore either. That's a good point, Bill. Very good point. Agree. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get back to our Trochi trivia, and then we can let everybody get out of here. The trivia question was that we've had nine – College football playoffs and the um, the initial ranking was tonight. So we've had nine initial rankings. How many times in the initial rankings has the a team in the initial top four gone on to win the national championship? Or uh, how, sorry, how many times a team outside the initial top four has gone on to win the national championship? Do you have a guess, Brian? I can only think of one. Like off the top of my head, and that's Ohio State in 2014. I'm trying to go through and and because There's, so many of the years were, were Bama, right? I mean, so I think one is Ohio State for sure. Yeah, because they started. Uh, 16. I, I have a feeling like Alabama started out of the top four one of those years because they lost to Ole Miss, and I think they won. So they may have been like hovering. That would have been like what sixteen? Would that 15, have been sixteen? Fifteen or. 15? One of those years they lost and they were out of the top five. And wasn't Mississippi State in the top five or in the top four that year? Was in fifteen? Wasn't that the year that Mississippi State started in the top four? Mississippi State was the initial number one of the initial yeah. playoff, yeah. twenty fourteen. Right. So I think we get. I'm going to guess, Brian. If you want to guess one, we can. I'm going to guess two. No, the I'm, I'm thinking answer. there has to be two. Right? There's got to be one of those years. Was it just it a one? one? Ohio State. Okay. Ohio State 2014 is the only team to come outside the top four. Uh, in fact, only one team was ranked four. That was the next year. Bama was ranked four and went on to win the national championship. Everyone else has been inside the top three. That won it, you said, correct? That won it. And went on to win the national. The national champion 
in the last seven years has been in the initial top three. So congratulations to Ohio State. The first year, Bill. There's your top three. There's your national champion. The title game in 14 was between two teams that weren't in the top five or top four to begin. Because Oregon was not in the top four to begin that year either, I don't believe, in 14. So I think that year the teams who played for the title, you were going to get a winner that wasn't in the top four no matter who won either way the title game in 2014. So That's great. So yeah. All right, well, this was really fun. Thank you, Brian, for joining us, uh, coming over from Irish Breakdown. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. Uh, check out all of Brian's podcasts over at Irish Breakdown and his writing at irishbreakdown.com. Uh, we will be back later in the week to preview week 10's games. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon. headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.